Hi, it's Lorena, and this is Be Busy, Be an Awesome podcast. Hi, guys, how are you? This is Lorena Costa, and today I have a special guest. His name is David Breyer. I've been his fan for a period of time, quiet, watching, observing, reading, liking, and commenting on his post. He's been for 40 years rebranding brands, and I found this just fascinating. He's an amazing human being. He's a father, a grandfather, and a husband. And David has a lot of things to share with us. Hi, David. How are you today? I am very, very good, Lorena. So very, very nice to speak with you. Finally. So, David, I have a question for you. What do you think about promoting yourself online? On different channels, of course. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Why do you think it's important? Can you share it with us, please? I would say that... I think LinkedIn is an incredibly, incredibly uh, special place to have a presence. And the reason that I say have a presence is because I've seen people try to sell, quote unquote, on LinkedIn, and they violate what I personally have found to be workable. I find in any medium, as well as whether it's live networking, as well as whether it's just on social media or just online, I find you need to basically show up and 85% of the time give, provide value, provide things that people can learn from, provide help that may not have even been asked for, but help in the form of insights and knowledge. And you do that. And maybe 50, and around 15% of the time, you will circle back and ask and say, by the way, you know, do you need my service? Or do you know anybody who needs my service, et cetera? So I find people abuse that. So I think it's a fine place to sell oneself. But it, to me, selling is really about an 85 to 15 split. I believe that too. I have seen during my time here on LinkedIn that many business owners trying to sell their product too fast to us, the consumers. If you start selling fast, you haven't built trust with the rest to be able to buy whatever you're offering. Remember, we all human beings are driven by emotions. And without trust, you're not going to sell it. I sell for a living. And I have to build trust before I ask for the money. So honestly, I'm completely I, and I, I agree I, with you. I'll just interject this one analogy. I, I compare selling in any context, whether it's on LinkedIn or otherwise, to being like a blind, like, a, like going out on your first date. You don't go on your first date and start talking about sleeping together and having children. You maybe might want to find out if you like each other first. <laughs> Exactly. And maybe if you help each other feel, you know, do you encourage each other? Do you uplift one another? Do you inspire one another? <laughs> it's a good prerequisite to the rest. <laughs> I love that you say that because I truly believe that finding the right service online is like going on a blind date. You know, now the consumers are, you know, telling that person, telling that person about who you are, who is your brand, and what is the message, and, and, and what do you provide? as a service to the consumers. So yes, it's a little bit scary sometimes. 
the interesting thing is that I look for those that that know me. Some people go, "Oh, you you build product brands for products and services and companies and blah 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 blah." And then they say, "Well, so how does you know does that relate to personal branding?" And I and I say, first of all, if you understand what branding actually is, branding is an exercise in differentiating my, my voice, whether it's me personally or whether it's me as a company or as a service. I have how do I fit into the into the needs and values of the people that could be using my service? So that needs to be real. And with the growth, the rapid, rapid growth of social media, people have been a little slow to take on and realize the importance of a personal brand. Someone asked me just a month ago, they said, so you know, how important is it? Blah, 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 blah. I said, well, what's the value of Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk to VaynerMedia? What is the value of all the various sharks who are on Shark Tank? They're people. Uh, what's the value of Richard Branson to Virgin? What's the value of what Steve Jobs was to Apple? And why is it that, why is it that if we could really want to look broadly, you know, Steve Jobs, he never built, he, he, Apple's presence was so wide. Um, so he didn't work on building a social media profile. He, he had died really as that was really starting to become big where people were building their own personal social brands. But the human side, is immensely valuable. It's how people get to know you. It's how people get to see you. They get to see how you think. They get to see your values. And here's the other little trick. They get to see, are you consistent? Do you consistently offer value? Do you consistently offer insights? Do you consistently maintain a high quality of, of content that you're putting out there? You, you start to see all those things in action and that snowballs, as you know. I really believe that humanizing your brand is the best. We consumers are tired of corporate marketing. We want to know who's behind. We want that connection. We want to hear it. We want to interact. We just don't want to go on light. I have seen many, many, many more CFOs coming out on social media and interact with others. And I think this is fantastic. We, have, we haven't forgotten yet that human beings are driven by emotions. And this is the key for the new market. No, you're totally right. It, you, have to, you have to have a, a consistent presence. And here's the other interesting thing. I love when, because I know when I speak to people and I say, you need to have a consistent presence, one of their first things is like, where am I going to come up with the ideas? How am I going to have so much content? Blah, blah, blah. And the thing I tell them is I say, you need to start and you need to demand it of yourself and put it on your schedule. And just by demanding it of yourself, all of a sudden you're going to find you had more ideas than you ever thought you had before. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to, you're going to, it's, you know, it's like, it's like any great athlete, they mm -hmm. set their own standard for how high do I need to perform or any great musician that, mm -hmm. you know, that guitar solo I just did, that was okay, but I could do a better one. So it's like, so you, you become your own, put you, your own coach who pushes you. You have to push yourself and have that own fire and passion. So David, you wrote an amazing book. Please 
share with us about it. So my book is called Brand Intervention. Yes. And it's 33 steps to transform the brand you have into the brand you need. Damon John from Shark Tank wrote the forward to the book. Mm-hmm. The book, the book, my whole goal of the book was to actually have something where I wanted people to have access to my knowledge because I had written it after over three decades of experience and I kept finding the same experiences and the same questions and the same confusions. And this book is that. There's no fluff in it. There's no, there's, there's no wasted words. The actual book, even the type on the inside is oversized and people are amazed because they go, wow, I can actually, you're just giving me the, the concentrated stuff. There's no fluff. You don't have to search. Because mm-hmm. I, personally, I personally was frustrated with reading or buying books that were highly recommended. You know, oh, this is, the, this is the book that everyone's reading in business. You know, it might be on branding, might be on marketing, might be on social media, it might be on how to lead better or influence people or whatever like that. And so I would buy those and I personally would find in a 250 to 300 page book, 10 pages would actually have like the good stuff, the real juice and everything before it was leading up to it and everything after it was, didn't add much. And so I didn't want to have a book where I basically asked you, the reader, to go on a treasure hunt. I wanted to say, you know what? Every page is a treasure. And in fact, I'll tell you this. You, are, you, uh, are, are you acquainted with uh, Claude Silver from Vayner? Do you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. So Claude, so Claude and I met uh, about, a, about a month ago. We'd been talking prior to that, and we finally had face, FaceTime and it was, uh, together. We, I went to New York. I had a keynote. And I absolutely love Claude. I, I just adore Claude. And we sat two mornings back to back. And she goes, the thing I love about your book, she has it right, in her, right on her shelf in her, in her office. She goes, the thing I love about your book is I could literally open up any page and there will be something that I could put into action immediately. Like she goes, it's, she goes, not every book can do that. You know, I'll have to read. Yours is like, I literally, I, if I want to just, boom, what do I need to do? Open it up there will be the thing that I need and can apply instantaneously. I really want to read your book. Where I can find your book? Well, you, it, you might find it in, in bookstores. I mean, but the, if you want, like if you're into, into instant gratification, go to amazon.com. And, and here's the thing. Here's what I tell people. The best quality, there's, there's the paperback and there's the hardcover. The hardcover is obviously more expensive, but the hardcover has the best production values. And I tell people this, and I have never yet come, had anybody come back and say, that it didn't fulfill everything I said. If it does not absolutely elevate and, and accelerate your understanding of branding and fill you with ideas of what is now possible and how you can change your game, if it doesn't do all of that for you, contact me. I'll buy the book back from you. Beautiful. David, I hear right now a lot about consumption. Can you talk about it? Please? I think we've all noticed that as we walk down the street or walk into a restaurant, Everyone's head is face down looking at their freaking smartphone. <laughs> and the thing, the whole thing and exciting stuff with technology was that, you know what? Technology would allow us to actually do more, create more, maybe generate more volume of creations and things like that. My basic tip to everyone is consume less, create more. Literally, you can say, you know what? Hey, what's my daily routine like? Oh, I probably watch an hour and a half of TV. Okay, good. If you watch an hour and a half of TV, why don't you replace that hour and a half of TV with maybe making a video and telling a story? Or if you go, you spend a 
two hours just watching things on Instagram. Maybe you need to actually spend two hours and replace that with actually writing an article or, or, or drawing a picture. Do things, repl start replacing things that are consumption-based with things that are creation-based. And I absolutely would give people, the people listening, as a challenge, this challenge. Do that for 30 days. Make a very conscious effort. Make it, it's like, okay, you know what? Three hours a day, I'm doing these various activities of consumption and replace those three hours with three hours of doing things that you're actually creating. It may be creating pieces of art, creating music, creating videos, writing stories. It may be maybe developing a new recipe with your, the partner in your life, but do things that are creations. And you tell me at the end of those 30 days, how different you feel. And I will guarantee it will be markedly different. So you are a father. Yes, I am. You are a grandfather. I have two kids and one grandchild who in about one week turns six. You are a husband. And I know that you create art for your wife. Share with me that story. I actually, when Sherry is my wife's name, when Sherry and I first got married, I fell so hard for her, but I, 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 that's, not, that's not the words I used because it wasn't like an infatuation thing. It was more like I actually discovered for the first time in my life what I was really looking for in a relationship. Um, my wife is someone whom I, who I respect, I love. She's from a different part of the world. She's from the Midwest. I'm, I'm a New York dude. And so it was very interesting for me. I thought, I thought I was looking for a kind of, you know, metropolitan New York type. Fashionista. That's what I thought. I thought, I thought I was looking for a certain package, but I didn't. Okay. But then when I met her and we started to talk, I was, I, I, I could never have enough conversation with her because she was so true to herself and, and she was a str very straight shooter. Didn't, didn't BS you. Didn't, didn't, uh, it was a beautiful, a beautiful innocence to how she was. And I absolutely love that about her. And we've been with just this year is going to be our 25th, uh, actually February is going to be our 25th anniversary. Beautiful. But, but the thing about it is that is, um, I love, I love the thing. I loved it so much that I wrote a story that I called The Prince and the Princess. And Prince was spelled P-R-I-N-T-S. So it was Prince as in like art prince, mm -hmm. artwork princes. And so the thing that happened is like, and I know that you'll be able to see in my office, like that's from the story, right? That right there is from the story. So there are different parts that I actually illustrated and I wrote this love story about the two of us and how we got together and how we discovered one another. And anyway, that was, that was the inspiration in the beginning. Now, can you please tell us why you are on LinkedIn? Share with us what part of your journey you want to share with everybody, with the world. And what is your message for them? What I like people to get when they come in contact with my information is that first of all, If you have spent the time creating something amazing, you being the audience, the people that visit, whether they have a product, a, a business, a service, or just themselves, or their, or, or their particular talent in a particular area with a skill set, they've taken the time to do something. People are not going, the thing that people will always learn when they come in contact with my information is they will learn that I have, that they, 
they cannot talk and use the language of the old, of how things have been, to introduce something new. So I give them insights and tools and methods by which to actually introduce, shake things up. Otherwise, they're shrouded in mystery. Otherwise, people are like, oh, okay, they say they're the best, whatever, fill in the blank. And, or they say they're the most talented, fill in the blank. Or they're like an expert in whatever, fill in the blank. No one is going to come to you because you sound like everyone else. That's the thing. You cannot use cliches and be seen in, as different in the world. You have to figure out how to tell your brand story. You have to figure out how to be meaningful. You have to, have to know how to shake things up so that you're not just a little, a little bit of mediocrity or undiscovered brilliance. I have more companies and entrepreneurs that I help with, they've done all the legwork and all the blood, sweat, and tears to create something phenomenal. And now they start talking about it using the language and the visual and all this kind of stuff, not modeling it after what's come before. You've just created something for the future and now you're going to use it. Now you're going to introduce it to the world talking about only things that have happened before, not things that have yet to occur. So if you're going to instill a vision into people, that's what I basically do. So all of my message, all of my message points, all of my posts talk about uh, ownership. They talk about recognition of if you're going to be great, you know, there's a way to do it. You can't shrink your way to greatness right? Mm -hmm. That just doesn't happen, right? And marketing by telepathy doesn't work. It's not like, you know what? I'll do really good. I'll do really good things. And, uh, and by some form of, of, you know, karma, somehow people will recognize me because I'm just a good person inside. That's baloney. That's a wonderful Hollywood script. That's not real. And so I get all of those false ideas. I get all those hopes and aspirations out of the way that are false and are not going to support real achievement. And I give my clients, I give them, I, I arm them up. I turn them into a freaking Rambo of branding. So they're like walking around. They got the bandana. They got the freaking bullets across the chest. They're like ready to take on the world. <laughs> I really believe that too. I mean, it's so important to humanize your content. You know, the world need it now. The importance of humanizing the brand is this. There's a lot of corporate. Well, actually, I'll, I'll even, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you, I'm going to do a better, I'm going to do a better answer. The reason you humanize a brand is like this. Why is it that Apple can still have the presence that it has? Yet companies like Microsoft and Samsung, yeah, they have market share and stuff like that, but they don't quite ever get it above and beyond to the point where it's meaningful and personal. And the reason was Steve Jobs. He was really the first rock star to humanize a brand in the way that very few have ever really touched upon. And it was about a conviction to passion and creativity and innovation and disruption. And that was it's part of the Apple DNA. And so that just, just as an example, as a snapshot, that just gives you the power of why you need to humanize it. You need to humanize it in a way that's meaningful. You need to humanize it in a way that actually is, shows that you're interested in others. Like just what you're doing, even with what you're doing right now, Lorena, it is just, you're, 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 you're out there and you're giving and you're real. Um, there are many people on LinkedIn that do that. I mean, you know, I mean, Corey and, 
and you know Joshua Miller. I mean, it's a lot, there's and Dale Dupree, one of my I love, Dale and I are like soul brothers, and you know there's just that humanized aspect is in short supply, and if you really own it, if you come out there with a voice that's real. That's not trying to just go, and because I've seen people show up and they think that they're humanizing it, and they're just going, hi, my name is blah, 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 and, and here's why you should really, really call us and touch base with us, and that's wrong because the direction is wrong. They've made it about them. Mm-hmm. The key thing that with humanizing, humanizing is about you, the listener, right? So it's about you, who, those who are consuming. I'm asking you to take time out of your day, whether it's a minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is. And I, and it's my job then to make that time well spent and not have you regret that you, oh, that that was like such a stupid move. So the humanizing thing is an incredibly powerful way. It gives a real voice and real values and real humanity and real conviction and real presence and a real love. Those qualities are only brought about by people. Those mm-hmm. qualities aren't brought about by things. Granted, you can have a great brand story. You can have a great brand identity. You can have all those things and those help. But if they're lacking on the human side, you're going to end up, it's going to be one dimensional. If you want it to have the full spectrum of interaction and feeling what people can connect with, make it real. And, and, and sometimes even if it's a text post, make it real. My text, people, people respond incredibly positively to my text posts because I take the time for it to be meaningful. I look at it, I write it. I'm like, is that going to be meaningful to the people? There's two ways I can approach it. I can approach it and say, have I gotten my idea out there? And that's a very selfish, I think that's a wrong approach. I think the smarter approach and the more effective approach is, have I just communicated something that will positively benefit and hopefully shift the, the thinking of the person that's reading this? That's the question to ask, not have I gotten my idea out there? Because otherwise, then you're just being like, well, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being an artist. I'm being a poet. I'm being a this. I'm being a that. So if you are oriented on the people listening, on the people that you're helping and the people you're benefiting, you're, you're hooking, you're hooking <laughs> yourself. You're making it. That's the way you become rich. You become rich by making others wealthy. David, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Thank you very much for your gracious um, your gracious, just, you know, just the way that you um, had described what your mission is with your podcast. And, uh, and I think it's fabulous. I think it's um, rare. I, I actually, in my experience, I mean, I do quite a few, uh, I'm a guest on quite a few podcasts and I've never actually had someone um, actually explain it the way you explained it. So your mission is, is very wonderful. It's very humane. It's very kind and it's very, very much, very much appreciated. So for me, on behalf of, of, of humankind, I thank you. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. I want more. I really do want more. Thank you for sharing your love story. And thank you for being busy, being awesome. Bye now.